0: Hallelujah, 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 praise God, God is great and greatly to be praised and I am so glad, hallelujah, that we just need a little bit of faith, that's all it takes, that's all God needs to work with, just a little bit of faith, amen, Amen. hallelujah, he can do great, great things beyond what we can ever imagine, hallelujah, praise God now, listen, I'm, I'm not that old, amen, but I'm definitely not as young, as I used to be. Amen. And I know growing up in this church. Amen. That's the kind of music we used to have. Amen. Our bishop leading us in worship. Amen. Praise God. And man, what an honor, a privilege to have sister Reynolds. Amen. Mother, sister Reynolds on the organ. Praise God. Thank you so much, sister. Amen. Praise God. What a privilege. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And it's such and honor to to, to be a part of that. Amen. So much respect I have for men like like Bishop Reynolds who answered the call of God to go. Amen. Praise God. God called and he went and he laid the foundation of what we have here. Amen. Praise God. So much honor and respect are due to the pioneers. Amen. Who answered the call and went. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. No doubt in my mind. I probably would not be here today had it not been for a man like Bishop Reynolds answering the call. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. While you're standing, we're going to read a familiar verse of Scripture. Amen. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. And many of you probably knew that's exactly where I was going. The faith chapter. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And if we go down to verse 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Jesus, for all that you've already done in this place today, God. And I pray right now today, Jesus, that you would anoint My voice, God, and I pray that this word that is about to go forth, God, I pray that it would fall on good ground, God. I pray that it would, Lord, take root, that it would grow, and that it would produce fruit in the hearts and minds of everyone that hears today, Jesus. God, and I pray that each and every one of us today, God, that we would take heed to the words of the Apostle James, and to be doers of this word, God, and not simply hearers. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Give God a hand clap of praise as you're seated today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Before we dive in and get started, I first of all want to thank Pastor Allen, amen, and First Lady Tammy Reynolds for once again inviting me to minister here today. It's always a special honor to minister at the church that helped shape and mold me into the man of God that I am today. Amen. And I was speaking with him last week, and I believe he said that this was the first time that he had an entire month off from preaching. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So church, I would simply say, get ready for a three hour sermon next week. Amen. He's got a lot built up and, you know, so just prepare yourselves for next week. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting the, the connection at this church has with Connecticut, especially over the last few weeks, amen. I believe a few weeks ago you had Pastor Jim Wilshire who pastors in Newington, Connecticut and then last week you had Pastor Anthony Hanson who his uncle served as the the bishop and the district superintendent for the Connecticut district for the past decade or so and now you have the assistant pastor at the Pentecostals of Greater Hartford, amen. Praise God that who would have thought the connection to Connecticut between Grace Gospel Worship Center, amen. Praise God, and again, of course, giving honor to the man who dedicated me to the Lord, Bishop Herb Reynolds, and his wife, Sister Joanne Reynolds. Amen. Praise God, and again, I bring greetings from the Pentecostals of Greater Hartford, where my wife and I have the honor of serving as assistant pastors under the leadership of our pastor, the Connecticut District Superintendent, John Potosky and his wife, the Reverend Dr. the Reverend Doctor Indira Potosky And we also serve as the campus ministry coordinators in, in the Connecticut District, and we had the privilege of attending the first campus ministry district coordinator retreat at, head, at the headquarters of the UPCI in St. Louis back in May of this year. And from that meeting, I am believing that we are going to see some great things on our college campuses across our country. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'm believing it. And In Connecticut over the last few years, there have been some solid apostolic foundations laid on the campuses of East University, Central Connecticut State University, the University of Connecticut, and Yale University. And I am believing that this year, based on the efforts that have been made, we are going to see greater moves of God than we ever had before, amen? Praise God, expect it, believe it, it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. Praise God, so please partner with us in prayer in the Connecticut district, as we are believing for a sovereign move of God on our college campuses. And I would encourage everyone to get involved with campus ministry because of the impact that it can make and have for this district. And you here in the Maryland D.C. district have a great opportunity to support campus ministry by supporting brother Mike McGurk, who is a member of the CMI national team. And the last time I spoke with him, he is planning as directed by the Holy Spirit on planting a church in College Park specifically to reach the University of Maryland. Amen. Praise God. So we're believing for great things. So please partner with Mike McGurk in the effort that they have going on there. Amen. And as always, I am so thankful for my wife. Amen. My beautiful Jamaican queen. Amen. Praise God. We just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Amen. Praise God. Believe in God for many, many more years. Amen. Praise God. And God has done some amazing things throughout the span of our marriage. And there is so much more to look forward to. Amen. And how do I know that? Because God has promised it. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. God Amen. has promised Amen. it. Amen. Praise God. Faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Amen. The Bible is full of examples of men and women who displayed great faith in the God that we serve. And some showing an, an awesome measure of faith in God. They didn't even know the name of. Amen. And anybody happy to know the name of Jesus today? We sung about it. Amen. We know that name of Jesus that brings healing, that brings deliverance. Amen. Praise God. And I'm so happy to know that there is power in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Today we are going to take a look at two individuals who displayed great faith and one who had a moment where he decided not to trust in God and the effects that their decisions to have faith or not in Jesus Christ had on future generations. And there is a quote I want us all to keep in mind today as we go through these stories. And the quote says this, The lineage and heritage of faith can protect us from sin's strongholds and give us examples of faithfulness to follow. Amen. Families matter to God. Passing on the baton of faith to the next generation is the greatest gift that we can give. However, only God can save a soul. And each person must grab a hold of the baton of faith for themselves and run with perseverance the race that is marked out for them. Amen. Amen. Let's remember this. Amen. As we go through everything today. Amen. The power of faith. Amen. The power of faith. There is power in faith in jesus amen and i want to make sure we understand that today because we can have faith in a lot of different things amen praise god but i'm talking about faith in jesus christ today amen there is power in having faith in our god amen whether you choose to have faith in him or not either way your decision will have an impact on your future and even your past and we're going to talk about what i mean by that a little later praise god now i'm the first person i want to talk about is probably one of the Bible characters with one of the best names that there is out there, a man by the name of Aaron. Amen. Praise God. And I believe Brother Sutherland would agree with me. I don't know where he went. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Aaron, the brother of Moses. Amen. He was a great man of God and was remembered as the first high priest of Israel. And I preached a sermon a, a few years ago called Getting Past Your Golden Calf Moment, where I spent time establishing some credibility for Aaron. Now even though God used Aaron in a mighty way, there is still a great sin he committed that he will forever be associated with. And for good reason, because he is the one who did it. And of course, we're talking about when he built the golden calf. In Exodus chapter 32, we see the situation where Moses went up on Mount Sinai into the presence of God, where only he could go to receive the Ten Commandments. And it took a lot longer than everyone expected. So the children of Israel begin to lose patience or faith in the God who just delivered them from Egypt. Amen. So they turned to Aaron who was in charge at the time while Moses was on the mountain and asked him to build a God to worship because from their perspective, it looked as if Moses was not returning. Amen. If we remember that, that, that first verse that we read to start out today, Hebrews 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. On, Amen. There was a lack of faith there. Right. And Aaron caved under that pressure and built them this golden calf and told them that this is the God that delivered you from Egypt. Just a horrible sin by someone who knew better. Amen. Now, the most basic definition of sin is disobedience to God's word and at this time God was speaking to the children of Israel through Moses and he told them to wait while he was with God which they did not do and the only reason you would ever disobey God is because of a lack of faith in him right because if you have faith and you believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do you will follow his commands amen praise God Amen. And it was because of a lack of faith that Aaron was influenced by the children of Israel to build the golden calf. And had he stood firm and trusted Moses, or more importantly, trusted God, he would not have fell in the face of that mounting pressure. And there was also another situation where Aaron and and Miriam, Moses' sister, began to speak ill against their brother, the man of God, in Numbers chapter 12, criticizing the woman who he married. And this displeased the Lord because of God's relationship with Moses. And Miriam, as a result, became a leper for seven days. Amen. I'm talking about a lack of faith in the man of God. And again, these actions affected Aaron's lineage for years to come. Amen. And another man I want to talk about today is a man by the name of Joseph. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 22, it says, By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of, Of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Amen. He said, I know we're not in the promised land yet, but I'm believing I'm gonna have faith that even when I die and pass away, take my bones to the promised land because I believe that we're gonna make it. Amen. Because God said he would. Faith. Amen. Joseph was a man of great faith and his faith never wavered during times of great adversity. When he was in the pit, And being sold into slavery. Some of us may know the story of Joseph. He was his father's favorite son. And he had no problem acting in a way so everyone knew that he was the favorite with his coat of many colors. Amen? Praise God. And his brothers did not like that, especially after Joseph told them he had a dream. And he had all of them bowing down to him in that dream. So they devised a plan and they sold him into slavery. But you know what? joseph kept the faith in his god amen in genesis chapter 39 the bible tells us how joseph succeeded in everything he did and was promoted by potiphar in his area of servanthood but it wasn't long before potiphar's wife falsely accused joseph of assaulting her but even in that situation joseph kept the faith amen and when joseph was in prison and He interpreted the dreams of the baker and the cupbearer, and the cupbearer forgot about him when he was released from prison. Even in that situation, Joseph still kept the faith. Amen. Through it all, Joseph kept the faith in God, and Joseph was eventually promoted to second in command in all of Egypt and was able to be used in an awesome way to not only save his family, but all of Egypt from the seven years of famine that they experienced and in his old age, just like was recorded by the writer of of Hebrews chapter 11 in his old age before he died, Joseph told his family to bring his bones to the land that God has promised, had promised him even though they were not there yet and would not be for many years after he died, Joseph still had faith in the promises of God. Amen. And listen, Joseph faith in God affected his lineage for years to come, Amen. And another example, one more example that I want to talk about today, is uh, an example of a woman by the name of Rahab, Amen. Another example the Bible gives us of a person who had great faith was Rahab the harlot or prostitute. Now I don't have to get into you know many details, but we all know that this is not the most respected or sought after occupation, but that's how she made a living to provide for her family. But again, Rahab, despite her occupation and life situation, was a person of great faith. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31, it says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Now taking a look at this, at the situation that surrounded this story in Joshua chapter 2, when the children of Israel began plotting their attack on Jericho, Joshua sent two spies to scout out the city and while the Hebrew spies were in Jericho they ended up being hid by Rahab so their lives could be spared and they could make it back to report their findings. Amen? Now the king of Jericho heard about these Israelites that had came to spy out the city and heard that they were with Rahab so he demanded that she bring the spies to him. But Rahab told the king that the spies had already left and she had them hidden away. Now, Rahab, being a resident of the city of Jericho, knew these men were coming to conquer her city. And she, as well as all of Jericho, was aware of the mighty miracles God had performed for the children of Israel in the wilderness. Amen. Praise God. The parting of the Red Sea. Amen. Providing water in the midst of the desert from a rock. Amen. The quail and the manna. Amen. Everybody knew that the God of Israel, what that what he had done. Amen. And the children of Israel had also recently conquered the Amorite king Sihon and the feared king Og of Bashan, both of which were miraculous victories that God granted his people. So word began to get out that these children of Israel are wandering around in the wilderness. They're beginning to conquer land and they're coming for Jericho next. And you know, word didn't travel as fast as it does now. But I'm certain that after all these things that the children of Israel went through in the wilderness, If they happened today, no doubt in my mind on social media, we probably would have seen some hashtags floating around like hashtag the Red Sea Parts. Amen. Hashtag water from a rock. Amen. Praise God. You know, and I'm sure there would have been some trending topics about King Og and Sihon being defeated and some Snapchat and Instagram videos of the manna from heaven and the quail. Amen. Praise God. I'm saying all that to say that people knew what was going on and they had heard about this God that was doing miraculous things in the wilderness. Praise God. And with all of this being known, the question then would have to be asked is why would would a resident of the city of Jericho, in this case Rahab, assist the children of Israel in conquering her hometown? And the answer to that question can be found in the conversation she has with the spies in Joshua chapter 2. And we'll read verses 9 through 13. The Bible says, And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. And when you came out of Egypt, and what ye did to the kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed, and as soon as we heard these things, our heart did melt. Neither did they remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Amen. Now, therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will show kindness unto my father's house and give me, true, give me a true token that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the amount of faith that would take by simply hearing about what God did for the children of Israel? She believed that their God was almighty. Amen. She said, for the Lord, your God, He is God in heaven above and the earth beneath. I'm talking about faith. Amen. She just heard about the God. Hey, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. In the face of sure destruction, she stepped out on a limb and had faith in a God she only heard about. And because of that faith, she and her family was saved. Amen. Praise God. Rahab's faith in God, uh, in the God of Israel, would impact her lineage for years to come. Praise God. Three examples of faith. One displayed a lack of faith in God, while the other two showed great faith in the God that we now know as Jesus Christ. Amen. We're talking about today the power of faith. And if you were paying attention, and I know everyone was today, amen. Praise God. If you were paying attention, you may have noticed that after each synopsis of these three characters, I mentioned that their faith or lack thereof affected their lineage for years to come. And the reason for this is because there is power in having faith in the God that we serve, and his name is Jesus. Amen? Praise God. It didn't just impact them. It impacted their lineage for years to come. Amen? Praise God. There is power in the faith, in the God that we serve today. Amen. Why don't we give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. For the fact that we can believe what he says. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Aaron, even though God forgave him and he was able and God was able to use him as Israel's first high priest, That doesn't change the fact that a lack of faith in God caused him to orchestrate a great sin for the children of Israel. And that action caused by a lack of faith had a negative effect on his family for generations to come. It all started with Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, in Leviticus chapter 10, when they offered strange fire to God as a form of worship. Amen. And if you read through the the, the tabernacle plan that God had laid out, There was only, there was a fire that was started when it first began. It was that same fire that was to be used to offer sacrifices. And if there was ever any fire that was brought from outside, amen, that was a sin because it went against the commandment of God. But Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu thought that they knew better. So they brought outside fire to to offer sacrifices unto the Lord. But the way they offered this fire and worship to God went against God's specific instructions and they were consumed by fire from God and they died. And it didn't end there. Aaron had two more sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, and Ithamar had a son named Eli, and Eli had two sons named Hophni and Phinehas. And in 1 Samuel chapter two, the Bible records how the great grandsons of Aaron, Hophni and Phinehas, were scoundrels. Amen, if you read the New Living Translation, the Bible calls them scoundrels, amen. They were involved in horrible sins, working as priests in the tabernacle. They were not only seducing young women who worked at the entrance of the temple, but they were also taking the prime cuts of meat from the animals that were being sacrificed and keeping it for themselves. Amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Amen. Their sin disrupted the specific instructions God gave them on how to offer sacrifices. And their father, Eli, knew that they were doing this, but he gave them a weak warning or rebuke, and they continued in this sin. And God forbid we have any fathers that would do something like that today. Amen. If you know that you have your children, your sons, your grandsons, your daughters involved in some sin, amen, there needs to be a stern rebuke and a stern warning, amen. We don't need to be like Eli here in this situation, amen, and just stand back. And give some weak rebuke and just watch them continue in their and come on. I'm sorry, if there are any fathers in the house today, amen, who needs to stand and believe that for watch for their children, amen. Praise God. I pray that no father in this place would be like Eli and give that weak rebuke and watch his sons continue sinning in the house of God, in the ministry, sinning in the house of God. Praise God. And and later in First Samuel chapter two. Samuel prophesied that because of their sin, the house of Eli would be cursed and Aaron's great-grandsons Hophni and Phinehas would both die on the same day because of the disrespect they had for their sacred role as priests. And that indeed happened in 1 Samuel chapter 4 during a battle against the Philistines where the Ark of the Covenant was captured and Hophni and Phinehas died. And when their father Eli heard what happened, the news hit him so hard that he fell out of his chair backwards and he broke his neck and died. Amen. And also during the same time frame, Phineas' wife had a son and she named him Ichabod, meaning the glory of the Lord has departed. Praise God. Now I know that was a lot, but I truly believe that you can trace all of this back to the mistakes that Aaron made. Generations later, because of a lack of faith by their great-grandfather, Hophni and Phinehas were cursed because of the sin that was allowed to infiltrate the mind and what caused Aaron to take action and not build that golden calf but to, and to speak ill of the man of God, his brother Moses. A generational curse that could have been broken before it even started had the patriarch simply had faith. Amen. There is power in faith and great consequences you and your family will have to face if you have experienced the presence of God and do not put your complete faith and trust in the God that we serve whose name is Jesus. Amen. There is power in faith. Amen. But also great consequences. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Now, I'm so glad that we don't have to always look at the negative side of things, amen? Because we also talked about two examples of people who had great faith, and it also affected their lineage for years. come. Now, let's look at these two individuals who decided to completely put their faith in God and how it affected their lineage, starting with Joseph. Now, Joseph kept his faith in God through all the trials, and not only was his family and all of Egypt saved from famine, But generations later, his descendants were able to conquer the enemies in the promised land with no problem while all the tribes around them were failing. And we can read about this in Judges chapter 1. When the children of Israel began to go in and to possess the promised land, they fell into a rut because they began to allow the gods of the other nations around them to influence and infiltrate their way of life as described at the beginning of Judges chapter 2. Now, if you read through Judges top, chapter 1, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And let's go through a few of these verses. We'll start at verse 21. It says, And the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites that inhabited Jerusalem. If we go to verse 27, it said, Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bethshean for, and her towns, for Tanakh and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Dor and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Ibleem and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Megiddo and her towns. We go to verse 29. It says, neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer in among them. We go to verse 30. It says, neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, nor the inhabitants of Nahalo. Are we seeing the pattern here? In verse 31, it says, neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Aksho, nor the inhabitants of Zidon, or of Ahaleb, or of Akzib, or of Helab, nor of Aphic, nor of Rehob. In verse 33, it says, Neither did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, nor the inhabitants of Beth Aneth. Now, before we go any further, I want to do a little Bible study here to help us understand what's happening. Is that alright? Yes, if we do a Bible study in the middle of a sermon, amen. my pastor at the Pentecostal Great Heart loves to do this. We'll just drop a Bible study here in the middle of the sermon. The twelve tribes of Israel are all named after the 12 sons of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. But if you look at the 12 tribes of Israel, you will notice that two of Israel's sons do not have a tribe named after them. That is Levi and Joseph. And here's why. And again, this is going to help us understand what we see play out in Judges chapter 1. Israel's son Levi's descendants all served as the priests among the children of Israel, so they did not have a tribe named after them as they only served as priests. And you will also notice as you study the book of Leviticus and Numbers that the priests were broken into three subgroups that were named after the sons of Levi. His sons names were Merera, Gershon, and Kohath. And those were the three groups of the priests, the Mererites, the Gershonites, and the Kohathites. So no tribe of Levi. But what happened to Joseph? So it was tradition among ancient Jewish culture that the eldest son would receive a double portion blessing from their father before he died. Now Israel's eldest son was Reuben, but he forfeited his blessing by engaging in an inappropriate sexual relationship that disqualified him from receiving that double portion. And you can read about that in Genesis chapter 35. But, But because of this, Israel chose to instead bless Joseph with that double portion blessing And I wonder if it had anything to do with the fact that Joseph had faith. Amen? Praise God. But he decided to give Joseph that double portion blessing. And as a result of this, Joseph would now have two tribes named after him. And those tribes were named after his sons Ephraim and Manasseh. So you remove Levi and Joseph and they were replaced by Ephraim and Manasseh. And that's how you get the 12 tribes of Israel that you read about in your Bible. And throughout the Bible, you you will see you always see the descendants of Joseph referred to as either the tribe of Ephraim or Manasseh, with a few exceptions. And one of which is in the midst of the scriptures that we just read about in Judges chapter one. And we're going to go back to Judges chapter one, and we're going to hop back to verse 22 through 25 in Judges in the New Living Translation. And this is what it, this is how it reads: Judges chapter one, verse 22 in the New Living Translation. It says the descendants of Joseph or the house of Joseph in the midst of all that failure that we just read about how all those different tribes couldn't drive out the 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 inhabitants of the promised land. It says the descendants of Joseph attacked the town of Bethel and the Lord was with them. Amen. And they sent the men out to scout out Bethel, formerly known as Luz they confronted a man coming out of the town and said to him, show us a way into the town and we will have mercy on you. So he showed them the way in and they killed everyone in the town except that man and his, and his family. Now we just read all through, through the examples of the tribes of Israel who couldn't drive out the inhabitants of the promised land, including Ephraim and Manasseh on their own. But what happened when the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh came together under the banner of their great patriarch Joseph under the banner of a man of great faith. Then we see the direct descendants of Joseph conquering their portion of the promised land because as the scripture says, the Lord was with them. There is power in faith. Amen. There is power in faith. Amen. Joseph made up his mind that he was going to remain faithful to God throughout all the trials he went through. Though he was in a pit, he kept the faith. Though he was sold into slavery, he kept the faith. Though he was falsely accused of rape, he kept the faith in his God. And though the cupbearer forgot about him in prison, he kept the faith in God. And generations later, it was the descendants of Joseph that the Lord was with as they had no problem conquering the enemy that was before them because of the faith of their patriarch. I'm telling you there is power in faith. Hallelujah. There is power in faith. Praise God. I I wish somebody would hear that today. Is there anybody here who would want to set a precedent of faith for generations to come in your family so that when the trials come in life And God will be with your family because of the faith that you displayed, amen. There is power in faith. Hallelujah. Why don't we give God some praise today? Amen. You can set a precedent of faith here today. Hallelujah. Praise God. My goodness. Praise God. I, I know that there's somebody in here today. That will want to set that precedent so that the generations that are going to come after you, amen, wouldn't have to go through the things that you go through or that you went through. Remember, it starts with setting that precedent of faith. Show some faith in a God. Believe what he says, amen. Even when the trials come, when things don't work out the way that you think they should, keep the faith, amen. Just like Joseph said, amen. Keep the faith, hallelujah. And generations later, amen, your descendants will be able to look back and say, Amen. He showed great faith, set a precedent, amen, for generations to come. My God, there is power in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And finally, Rahab, who showed great faith in the God of Israel before the battle of Jericho, her descendants reaped the benefits of her faith as well. And because of her faith, not only was her family saved, But she also got married. Amen. Yes, Rahab, the harlot or prostitute, when she was forgiven of her sinful lifestyle and committed to living a life that was pleasing to the God of Israel, she got married to a man by the name of Salmon. And together, they had a son named Boaz. Amen. Praise God. Now, some of us may be familiar with the name of Boaz, who actually ended up becoming a very wealthy and respected man in Bethlehem. And who would eventually become the kinsman redeemer for Naomi through her daughter-in-law Ruth who married Boaz. Amen. And it was through her lineage. Listen to this. It was through her lineage that the Savior and Messiah Jesus Christ was born. Come on now. I'm telling you there is power in faith. Hallelujah. There is power in faith. And let's see this. Again, I love to let the Bible prove this for you. Amen. Praise God, let the word of God speak for itself. Let's go to Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 through 21. It says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when, he w- and when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that the name may be famous in, in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life. And the nourisher of thine old age for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better than thee, than seven sons hath borne him. And Naomi took the child, laid it upon her bosom, and became nursed unto it. And the woman and her neighbors gave it the name, saying that this is the son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. And he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Phares. Phares begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Aminadab, and Aminadab begot Nishan, and Nashon begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David, a man after God's own heart. Amen. Praise God. And because of Rahab, and because Rahab's name was not mentioned in that verse of scripture. Let me again let the word of God prove this to you, that Rahab was indeed the mother of Boaz. If we go to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5 in the New Living Translation, the Bible says, Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Amen? Whose mother was Rahab. And we know if we go through Matthew chapter 1 and continue down that lineage, if you continue to follow the lineage of David, recorded in Matthew chapter 1, It leads directly to Jesus Christ. There is power in faith. Amen. Praise God. There is power in faith. Hallelujah. For generation to generation. Amen. Praise God. Because of Rahab's faith, God stepped in and completely rewrote her story to where she, generations later, ended up being directly related to Jesus Christ what greater outcome could there have been for a harlot than being able to say that your direct ancestors birth, the Savior of this world, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to tell you today that there is power in faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus stepped in and completely rewrote that story. Hallelujah. There is power in faith. Praise God. Amen. My God, God is awesome. He's worthy, God. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done, God. We worship you and praise your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. My goodness. Oh, hallelujah. There is power in faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. If the musicians could come. Praise God. You know, as we come to a close here, my my personal favorite Bible story, and There are so many to choose from, but it's a story of the faith that the centurion displayed in, in the Gospels. And we can read this briefly in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10, and it says, And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying unto the Lord, My servant layeth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. Hallelujah. And my servant shall be healed. For I, listen to this, I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled. He was blown away. I don't think you find another place in Scripture where Jesus was amazed, where he marveled at something. But this particular situation, this particular display of faith, the Bible says that Jesus marveled. And he said unto them that follow, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Amen. And the reason this is my favorite Bible story is because not only did this centurion use his earthly knowledge and understanding to grasp a heavenly or spiritual concept without any Bible study or discipleship. He, But he also, because Jesus was amazed, amen? It blows me away. Jesus was amazed and marveled at this individual's faith. And in prayer, it was probably a few years ago, God revealed something to me in conjunction with this story in Matthew chapter 8. And that is, We were able to see and learn through the faith of this Roman soldier that Jesus's healing power was not confined to the physical space that he inhabited, but he could simply speak a word and healing could happen in a completely different location, amen? And the centurion was able to understand this, amen, based on his secular work, amen, in in the military. And here's what we need to hear today, and here's what God revealed to me. See, we can take that same logic and apply it to our lives today. Amen? We all have things in the past. Amen? Mistakes that we have made. Hurts that have happened to us. Things that we cannot change, but they have an immense impact on the way we live our lives today. Oftentimes for the worse. And while there is nothing in our human power that we can do to change what happened to us in the past, listen to me today, we serve a God who is not confined to the restrictions that we live by in this flesh and blood. Amen. God is a spirit. Amen. And we can use this same template of faith that the centurion used and ask God to go back into time to the exact moment the mistake was made, to the exact moment the sin was started, the exact moment the abuse happened or back to where we did not depend on him and depended on our own intellect and did not trust God. And we can ask God to go back to that moment and begin a healing process that will restore some things in our lives and he can begin to reshape and remold us into the man or woman of God that he wants us to be free from all the things that this world would try to use to define us oh come on i'm telling you today listen in romans chapter 12 and verse 2 the bible tells us and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind amen And I believe that this is one way that we can begin to renew our mind, is when we begin to step out and use that kind of faith. And God, when we do this, I truly believe that God will marvel at that. He will be amazed at the fact that you have been able to grasp and understand. He's not confined to the time like we are. And you can say, God, I need you to go back and start a healing process. You know what happened. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, my goodness, praise God, but it starts with having faith, you got to believe that God can do something like that, and he can, amen, and you can set a precedent for generations to come, praise God, if we could all all stand, hallelujah, my God, amen, praise God, before I give an opportunity for everyone to respond today. I want to share a story of the kind of faith that God is looking for from us today, right now. Now, I had the privilege last year, and I'll be doing it again next week, of serving as a counselor at our children's camp um, up in Connecticut in the Connecticut district. And, you know, it was there. there was a situation where we had a, a young person that got injured, and... We were playing that game sharks and minnows i don't know if anybody knows about that game where everybody lines up on one side of the wall and there's one person who's the shark and everybody go runs and has to try to you know catch whoever he can catch and whoever he catches they become a shark and then everybody runs back across and you're trying to get all the minnows amen we were playing in a, in a basketball um court in the gym and one thing about a gym is they, they have a wall at the end right where, where it stops <laughs> and so you can imagine you got kids running full speed <laughs> to the wall and, of course, the first thing that you do when you're running full speed is you put your hand out to try to stop yourself. And so one of the kids put his hand out and just completely hurt his wrist. It was completely black and blue and swollen. And they, they took him to the, to the nurse and everything. And um, I don't think anything was broken, but it was, it was in pretty bad shape. And so they, they wrapped it up. And that following day, as a service was happening, amen, and I was in the altar and began praying for the young, young people and uh, the young children in the altar. I just fell from God to pray for that young man and began to speak faith. And I began to pray for him, and I prayed the prayer of faith, and I told him, I believe that you are healed in Jesus' name. And this young, this young boy responded by saying, I believe it too. And he unwrapped his, his bandage, took it off, and began to go like this. There was no bruising. There was nothing. God healed him in the name of Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now listen, that's not even the best part of this story. This is what I want you to hear today the following day at the, at the end of each service they had the the, the um, camp director has kids come up whoever received the gift of the holy ghost and we celebrate with them or anybody that was healed so that young man came up and he showed everybody that his his, his wrist was healed and his father told me to his father was there and his father told me he's like yeah his wrist was in pretty bad shape but it was no bruising or anything that following day there was another young man another young child who came up to me he said excuse me brother aaron he he and he pointed to the guy to the young child whose wrist was healed he said God healed him, right? I said, yes, he did. He said, well, I've been having some issues with, with headaches, and, I, and when I go to sleep, my head hurts. He's like, can you pray for me that God will heal me? And I said, amen, yes, I will. And I began to pray for him, and I believe God healed him as well. But listen to that faith that that young child displayed. He simply saw. This kid was injured. He believed that God healed him. So if I do the same thing and believe, then God can heal me. Amen, there's something so pure about the faith of a child, amen? He's not, you know, doesn't have conspiracy theories, and he doesn't have all these life experiences. He just simply saw and believed, just that that faith like a child. Amen, and this is the kind of faith that God is looking for today. And I'm believing that God wants to heal some hearts and some minds today. And I'm believing that God wants to fill somebody with his spirit today. But in order for this to happen, you have to have faith. Amen. And right now, and what is it that we need to have faith in? Well, first of all, you need to believe in the gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose again. Amen. And then there is a command that you need to obey that sums up the entirety of Scripture. Amen. And if anybody ever asks you, how can you sum the entire Bible in one sentence? And I don't have to look too far because somebody already did that for you. Amen. And it was a man by the name of the apostle Peter. And then in Acts chapter 2, after he preached the gospel, amen, there, if we go to verse 38, he tells us, and this sums up the entirety of Scripture. This is the whole point of why God did everything he did so that you have an opportunity to respond to this command right here. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That, that's the whole point of everything, amen. It sums it all up right there. Praise God. So if you need healing in your mind from something that has been tormenting you, if you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, why don't you display the faith of, of that little child? Display faith like a little child and just step out to the altar today. Amen. If you need healing, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, why don't you step out today? Even that that physical action of you just making that effort to come to this altar shows faith in God today.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And as you come, praise God, what we are going to do is we are all together in the entire building today. Whether you step forward or not, I need everybody to be on the same page because we are all going to pray a prayer of repentance together as instructed by Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And we are, when we are done we are going to begin to worship God, and I believe that God is going to honor your faith today. Amen. This action of stepping forward. Even if you are simply believing the word of God that went forth today, I believe that God is going to honor your faith. And what happens here today is going to shift some things and create a legacy of faith for you and your family from generation to generation. Amen. Anybody want to see that happen for your family today? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now we're going to pray a prayer of repentance as people are coming. Amen. And we just all need to understand exactly what we're praying for here today. We're praying. We're going to repent. That means we're going to choose to turn away from a sinful lifestyle. We're going to surrender completely to God. We're going to confess and we're going to forsake the sins that we have committed. And then we're going to promise to love, to serve, and to obey God today. Amen. Praise God. And let's do this all together. Amen. Let's be on one mind today, in one place today. God, as we come before you today, Jesus, God, we come before you with a spirit and a heart of repentance today, Jesus. God, we're making a decision right here and right now, God, to turn away from a sinful lifestyle, God. God, and we're doing this, Jesus, because we believe that you died on a cross on your sin for our sins, Jesus. God, we believe it in the name of Jesus, God. God, and we right now are surrendering completely to you today. God, we're giving you our all. We're giving you everything today, Jesus. God, we're not holding anything back, God. We surrender self-rule oh God. God, those things, Jesus, that we think we know better than you. Oh, God, we lay it at the altar today, Jesus. God, and we make a promise today, God. We're going to love you, Jesus. We're going to serve you, Jesus. We're going to obey you, Jesus. The best that we can today, God. Hallelujah, God. And we do all of this with a sincere heart today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now begin to worship God. Hallelujah. Begin to reach out to Him. Amen. Tell Him how much you love Him. Tell Him how you believe. Hallelujah. That He died for you today. Oh, I believe God wants to do something powerful here today. Hallelujah. Oh, you can set a precedent for faith. In your family, starting right here and right now, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah! Oh, lift him up, worship him, praise his name, hallelujah! Jesus, we thank you. Oh, God, I thank you for what's happening, Jesus, in our hearts and in our minds today, Jesus. Yes, God,
1: God, I pray for healing
0: today, God, I pray for deliverance in the name of Jesus, God, we rebuke the spirit of doubt you we rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, God, let it happen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's continue to worship Him today. Oh, He's not done. Hallelujah.